What is up, everybody? And welcome to the podcast. It is 6 a.m., 6.20 a.m. here in Australia. I am Albert, in case you don't know me. I would like to let you know that this month, Cradle of Filth revealed the title of their upcoming 13th record, Existence is Futile, hence the title of this episode. I just posted the new artwork for the podcast, the Cradle of Filth podcast, on Instagram. And what was wonderful and totally like something I was not expecting was for the band to reply, which I want to read out to you. They replied very briefly, but they did very quickly after I posted, which I'm super grateful for. So Marthus, the drummer, um, replied with just three emojis of the Bill's horns right there. Kindred dude, probably can't see it, doesn't matter. Um, and uh, yeah, that was wonderful because I saw them in 2008. You can actually go to instagram.com forward slash Cradle of Filth podcast and you can see, um, yeah, 12 years ago before Godspeed uh, on the Devil's Thunder a gig in um, Sydney. So a lifelong Cradle of Filth, proud filthling, um, filthling for life for fucking sure. I've just been watching um, a bunch of old and new Cradle of Filth performances. Um, I can't fucking, I can't get over that fucking title. Existence is futile. Is just my life and just my brain at all times. This kind of furrow you see, and that's not like, oh, look how miserable I am. It's just I, that's how I process existence is this, the baseline that I, it actually lightens my heart actually. Um, often I'm able to just kind of lift up out of myself because it's weirdly comfort and solace bringing knowing that it is ultimately futile. Um, Dan Harmon mentioned something along those lines uh, saying that cosmically we don't matter, but um, in terms of the vessel as in our bodies, that's where we can make some strides and uh, honor what the vessel is intended for live out its you know fleshly expiration date um uh, or its faculties or whatever and uh, that's clearly very much what uh this seemingly fucking vampirically eternally high quality band that's not smoke blowing uh, cradle of filth i mentioned it in my comment actually uh, in reply to uh, marthus i said thank you for being who you are and doing what you do man Lifelong supporter of you, Danny Filth, and Cradle of Filth overall. I saw you guys in Sydney in 2008 after my army accident literally changed my life for the better. And this podcast marks the beginning of a colossal multi-year chronicle of the band's entire over. General discussion, in-depth thematic analysis, lyrical readings, symbolism, hidden references, and much more, including whenever you guys are having a slow day with nothing else to do. <laughs> Eventually speaking with you and the others via Zoom about tunes, creativity, and any tangent-tastic topics you like. Cradle of Filth's music is the paradigm of uncompromising, immaculate, uber-detailed master craftsmanship, which your drumming absolutely embodies, as the others do Richard, Marek, and Daniel Firth with their respective instruments as well. Um, no smoke blowing here. You guys are carrying that torch of hard work and quality above all in an age where those ways risk being lost. Thank you for that, brother. Rock the fuck on, sending you and yours good vibes from Australia. And when the COVID apocalypse has subsided, I look forward to seeing the band on tour. So I guess we can start there. Uh, if this is your first time seeing any of my shows, um, you'll know that, uh, well, you won't know rather, that um, uh, I record a main show, it's the Albert Kesser podcast, and then I subdivide all of the episodes based on each episode's theme uh, into feeds, separate feeds, which is just a courtesy to listeners so that if they only want to hear from me about a certain topic, they can go straight to that feed. Um, all of the inaugural episodes, um, uh, sort of, I just mentioned something, along those lines so that uh, people can get that context. But yeah, it's a variety podcast since 2015 um, and uh, slowly but surely uh, figuring out this, I've actually turned it into this 
creative exercise almost because I do have a very wider range, uh, you know, wide ranging, but also in depth interest in so many subject matters and across art and entertainment and uh, spirituality, fucking different realms of like education and all vast, like all, all, all subject matters, even dipping into politics here and there, but uh, very the grounded, the kind of foundation is in entertainment and art. Um, and that is honestly, I mean, look at my arm. First of all, uh, <laughs> after my army accident, uh, I really do dove into um, Cradle of Filth, you know, Godspeed on the Devil's Thunder. That uh, was healing, even if as debaucherous as that record was in theme. Um, there was some themes of absolution and absolvement, uh, and uh, yeah, like, but also rejection. And it, it became something which I don't know if some people have this, but you can emote to an album as you you embrace it and you kind of pour your feelings into it and see your feelings in it across its lyrics and um, themes. And uh, coming out of my army accident, very briefly, it was I was in um, uh, I was on a firing range in 2007, and they had sent me out without high vis vest, hearing protection, bulletproof vest, or radio. Um, so it was like a quadruple whammy of negligence. And very shortly after that, I segued out and you know determined, I think, pretty um, yeah intuitively and decisively that yeah army wasn't for me it is for some people to you know love and light to to those people and it's been long enough that i can speak about it pretty easily but uh, at the time i was young uh and extremely talk about existence is futile i was uh i i, I dove headlong into my misanthropy and uh, existentialism and stuff and what i love about the cradle of filth dudes now and a lot of the bands i was listening to back then is um they've also matured to a point where they can tap into that space without being like the of it you know this is there's a phrase my fiance does uh leadership mentorship um you know relationship uh, emotional intelligence work and um uh, she references this author called Carolyn Miss, and one of the things she said is, you can be in a world, but not of it. And um, in many ways, Cradle of Filth, just like Ghost, which is another podcast I host, they are in the metal world, but not of it, because there is a, a sense of, um, you know, uh, irreverence and uh, always a bit of a tongue-in-cheek aspect, which I love, which is, it's, um, it's, it's, taking that black metal aspect which we also on you know behemoth and abath uh, as well have these uh, iconoclastic aspects to them um uh they are almost anti-scene in a way and in that created their own scene of cradle of filth um which i just i think is what gives them their, their longevity and their nuance um i actually mentioned as you saw in the comment about how they just fucking care on every level um the lyrics um and the musicianship uh and just the detail with like the artwork and everything uh to continue doing that after however many years that they've done that for that fucking takes a vision and it takes an ethos and a work ethic uh which is just on every fucking level like straight up no smoke blowing like admirable and um worthy of a lot of respect and um in creating the artwork for the cover um so danny one of the founding members uh you know danny filth founding member um the mood for me is is what i mean people come to music for different reasons i like to access art on every level i can just to appreciate it surface level but then go deeper in as well and um I I think it's the mood that uh, that Cradle of Filth puts me in that I that I you know I visit it and um, tap into it throughout the years. It's just it's cleansing, you know. It's uh, resets the brain, um, um, but it's also very it's like tender as well in in places. And yeah, I mean I've I've I think even in the past I used to put it on like to fall asleep. Like there was just a. I definitely put it on to work out and run to, and um, I just have a very clear memory. We'll go into some anecdotes later, but in 2008, coming out of the army, not quite ready to like enter the workforce again because I was I had the military convalescence, 
pension or whatever, I was just running around Sydney to um, seven dates. No, fuck. Um, oh, fuck. It's their live record. Um, and I was just pummeling that over and over. I just have a very clear memory of, you know, getting into my, I was training to be a PT. I just wanted to do something. My therapist at the time or case manager was like, you know, you need to channel whatever's going on into something. And I was like, okay, well, I'll move to Sydney, get my first tattoo, which was based on my patterns, which I had started doing in 2005, which are these, um, it's, uh, this one's got smoothed out a bit, but you can see this one and then um, that one. Uh, influenced by Cradle of Filth's sensibilities with their uh, lo the logo, frankly. Um, and also, you know, you could look at it as being like the widest sphere of, of like black metal uh, logos with that the spikes and stuff. But I always found like the asymmetry. Um, I need to get stripteasy here, but uh, there you go. That one there. So that one's just called Nature, and it's based on um, forest detritus being arranged in a kind of shamanic kind of divination intentional way uh the way that like witches and and, and you know practice of pag practices practitioners of pagan magic and other forms of um you know it's it is basically shamanistic divination where you like you know cast a, an arrangement of like organs and bones and twigs and branches and viscera and you just throw it all out there and you read meaning within the sort of random patterns and i always saw it's kind of how i made the connection it's multi multi-tiered so you have odd world which you also do a podcast for um i also do it's it's 90 me and then 10 percent i get guests coming in either from the creators or the community and so it was the cave paintings of odd world with uh you know elom and stuff like that and then you had um who this guy like resembles danny a whole bunch I'm sure I'm not the first one to make the connection. Raziel from uh, uh, Legacy of Cain, which we also, I also do a show for. Um, and then you had Darth Maul uh, with the the patterns there as well. And so all, and then combined with Cradle of Filth, uh, his logo in there. So uh, yeah, like just, I mean, it's just so within Cradle of Filth's vibe that, um, uh, I mean, simplistically, like just spiky branches and stuff like that, that kind of Wiccan, you know, um, effigy kind of quality to these. And I just sort of cast it all, I assembled all of these into my kind of, all of us are just giant compendiums and coalescences of our influences. So all of this kind of melded together in 2005 when I was just writing in the margins of my French book or drawing rather, I was... Uh, I think I was big into Warhammer at the time, and I was um, reading up about um, the uh, Maleus Maleficarum, which is the manual for persecuting witches um, by the brothers Karamazov. And uh, I was part of, I think it was the Ordo Maleus, sorry, the Ordo Hereticus, uh, who are the witch hunters. And um, so it was all sort of, it's reading stuff tangentially to it. I've never always just been into the one thing. It's just like, there's just so much across the span of existence to get into and to cross compare with one another. So I would never just be of one scene or whatever. So I goffed the fuck up when I went to see Cradle of Filth, but then, you know, I'm, I'm a Fleet Foxes guy too. And I'm a, but of equal level, like I could, that's why there's Fleet Foxes podcast as well that I do as a sub feed dive into that, you know, but with Cradle, it's like you, I just was watching Danny, like he, he fucking demands extremity in attention, in dedication, even of his crowds. Like he's like, get the fuck up, you know? We do a Slipknot thing too. Uh, I do a Slipknot thing too. And there's there's an element to them of that where they channel the extremity of what they, like that's why they put on the, and Abbott would say this too, also do a show for that, dude, fuck yeah. Um, is is that extremity of what they do is, is fueled into um their work ethic and so it's like you know there's a um anecdote against sopranos we i do another one for that as well sub feed um james gandolfini mentioned that he would like put rocks and stones in his uh this is what i've heard at least in, in his shoes so that he it's just like something that kind of riled him up so it was something it was uh jack white again i do a show for that dude um 
he he's like he, he forces uncomfortable circumstances on himself and and ghosts as well that they, they put the masks on like they they put some form of rigor onto themselves which is related to you know strapping on the tight armor before war uh there's a ritual and a ceremony to that which uh feeds into their um their their ethos they they're not just throwing on a uh, you know obviously there are some bands where it's like they're extremely disciplined and they just chuck on a final, whatever. But I personally, um, at least in the in the in terms of you know incorporating a dis like intentional discomfort for the purpose of like focusing the mind, that's what I see within uh, like like lifelong within Cradle of Filth's like approach, and it's absolutely worked for them, not just in a uh, an artistic sense. Uh, I I feel honestly filth as in danny like he can say everything he wants to say within that he's created like a proper cradle of filth universe and um one thing that i'm i have su like super like far-reaching perspective about is of some of these um foundational uh bands and uh, properties or whatever like they are going to go on to have like just the way that we have with beatles and um beethoven and stuff they will have uh, legacies that far outlast the lifetimes of the members, you know, um, and their work will merit close and repeated uh, and revisited viewings over time. Um, and I cannot fucking wait. I mean, um, there's uh, so many access points to to, to Cradle of Filth, uh, but I think maybe you know, just for historicity, since it's episode one, um, in 2006, I think even before my uh, accident in 2007 I, I i get the sense that i was watching a lot happened after the incident when i was on convalescence leave i, I if you go to albertkesser.com forward slash art you can see they essentially look like uh black metal logos with all the words removed and just spread out over an a3 piece of paper it's just dark aggressive uh spiked again paganistic wiccanistic shapes effigies and that kind of you know it, it formed a whole series and i was steeped it like hit perfectly um i'll just godspeed on the devil's thunder so one of the constant companions for my podcast is siri um yeah released on 28th of october 2008 that's fucking peak me at home making my art and um yeah diving into my and but also i was running for it from it in some ways but cradle filth was a way of of looping me back to reflect on my kind of burgeoning and unaddressed like inner darkness and turmoil and stuff 71 minutes and 22 seconds of fucking that this fucking record guys like holy fucking shit so um but if we're going to be super duper like right from the very start of when um i don't know if it was within me watching something like viva la bam or something uh, it, it probably was it was like 2006 or something just before i had gone into the army um there was uh cthulhu dawn i think may have been the very first like glimpse of music um or nymphetamine it was it was very early on um I think if if maybe one of the t oh wait no fuck are you ready are you fucking ready for this oh I think I think my friends the very fucking first song I heard uh, gilded gilded cunt <laughs> it's it's far enough into the episode where I can say it um, gilded c word right oh my god fuck I used to fucking smash that i was riding around camera man just even just looking at that i also when i excited i just stand up i just fucking go i gotta like show a bit of fucking physical movement to like dedicate i don't know i think I've, i think maybe that'll see me through my like getting older years um where i'll just have this automatic thing when something moves me i'll just stand up it just will ensure that i don't like you know, move it or lose it kind of thing, you know. Uh, Medusa and Hemlock is also coffin fodder as well. Um, now, this is obviously timed pretty closely with IT Crowd, where let, that kind of puts you in the framing is 
as United Crowd obviously uh, gave Cradlefield a bit of exposure through Noel Fielding, like making that a part of the character. Um, Richard, I think it is. Um, but here's the thing: when I saw that, I had already had my own backing of knowledge of Cradle of Filth, so that wasn't like my intro. So it was. It's this sort of amorphous. Quite a while ago, pretty long time, 2005-ish. Um, uh, would have 2005-ish, 2006-ish. Uh, I went to see. Fuck. Here we go. Ready. Bob Dylan, uh, Kate Blanchett film. So that film, what is it? Uh, yeah, I'm not there. So that came out in yeah December 2007. So we're talking 06, 07, uh, between um, Thornography and Godspeed on the Devil's Thunder. So, so Nymph, Thorn, and Godspeed is kind of my, my era of entering into it. And there's sort of some rough. I, I love that. I like it's lost in the mists of time, but that's roughly when. And you know, some of those song titles I mentioned were among the first, if not some of the first. Uh, well, I, I had to fucking dive in, and uh, the the first like one, and I it might be controversial, but um, the first one I jumped on iTunes for was Thornography. Um, and I I saw a bit of controversy about like it being poppy or whatever. I was like, this is fucking. I don't know, like this is magnificent. Like, um, and I, what I loved is I stepped into this during this, like, whatever controversy among the Cradle of Filth community. But uh, I love that record. And um, maybe it's so weird. You know, there's that saying in, like, uh, uh, you know, on uh, the 13th, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> Fuck me. Actually, it's the 31st. It's, you know, the idea that on All Hallows Eve in October. Um, I think they're going to release it on October. Frankly, like, why the fuck not? Uh, well, we're going to talk about existence as futile down the line, but you know, got to do the dues with with episode one. Is uh, the idea that um, on certain nights, like the the veil between the world of the living and the world of the dead, or the realm of hell, uh, is thinner. And so for me, it's weird, like almost to and uh, uh, like allow me in or, or to envelop me to draw me in it's like cradle of filth like softened a bit because i hadn't really listened to anything that extreme before i i dived into we have high on fire uh fuck it if i'm saying we i'll just say it like whatever i'll just see myself as this like multi-consciousness being I'll, i won't correct myself from now on but yes um high on fire thing is up and coming as well as well as sleep as well which i've done a recent podcast about and um yeah uh it I had yeah, and that was like he, you know, Matt Pike is 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 like brutal and pummeling in his own way, um, and I got into it almost like a, it was pretty impermeable actually. Uh, I was still pre Mastodon, which is when I you know, and Tool goes all the way back to like yeah, two thousand and four and five, two thousand two, and super early with that, um, and uh, fuck. Um, I'm thinking, what is my earliest band? Just for reference, just just for you guys' sake, earliest fucking band I ever connected with, like super kindred, um, probably Beatles and shit. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, on Ghost Podcast, on Ghost Podcast, we'll talk about some of that stuff. Um, earliest influences, because that's uh, with um, Tobias. Uh, he's got some interesting early influences that you know, Sepultura is one of his as well. Uh, no, Morbid Death. No. Uh, it, we'll go into it, but uh, to stay on topic, um, yeah, that was. Uh, I'm very glad, like that they 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 basically represent like extreme extreme for me, and with thornography, the idea that uh, I'd entered this, I I then saw it as extreme, but to the crowd, they were like, oh, this is like what's happening. You're softening. You're going pop or whatever. Uh, Dirge Inferno, I loved. Um, I'm the thorn. I'm the pregnant skies. Like these lyrics. First of all. I one of my grounding things, yeah, predating Tool, predating uh, even my my leaning into music, was Warhammer and um, the kind of gothic uh, literature that they tapped into. So, I I I'm not of the pure literature literature sphere. I've dipped into reading some of it. I think I had it like a a Poe month in 2010. Um, there all will be a po a po thing we do. Um, I've got a Lovecraft thing as well, um, and Lovecraft features quite a bit in in Cradle of Filth. 
but uh yeah so that like that's that's kind of my grounding was i recognized that language in cradle of filth um the grand gothic phrasing of, of and that that poetry these these words which is just you know that's one thing which i love about uh danny he's very proud of his british heritage uh and i uh, like i just saw it now he, he said like oh our new album is coming in the fall and he's like what did i say for that's american i meant autumn and he's like really doubles down and that's one thing if we can say like us white people have fucked a lot of shit up we really have and i think as i mentioned in other podcast uh if history was like a giant party the white person the white dude the white old dude has been talking for fucking way too long so ironically i mean i'm just gonna i'm not getting that fucking many views i don't give a shit um so i'm just gonna have my little pocket so and anytime like people of all kinds of other shades than white like i love to uplift them and and um showcase their channels and stuff like that's and you can see it on albertkesser.com forward slash services like that's who i love to signal boost first and foremost is like underrepresented and it shouldn't be it should just be all one equal thing where everyone has their share but if history was a party white old dude's been talking for fucking way too long and it's time for other voices it really is given uh with that said uh, in our own little sphere us uh kind of goobery white folk one thing we can be really fucking proud of i think is i love the english language um fuck you know like and i i i learned italian um which makes you know listening to uh like ghost for example who who dip into italian like uh papa emeritus like he has that affect and he you know like that's a an experience that i'm grateful for there's a sub podcast i do called the montefiore podcast uh which i try to do in in italian um and that's the medieval village that i grew up in i spent two years there which again it's obviously medieval france but uh you know there's an analog there they're only a couple of k's from each other a couple hundred k's and uh when i was listening to god's speed of the devil's thunder everything just came fucking rushing back so my record my like my record, like for Mastodon, for me, it's Blood Mountain. I, I think maybe we may be sensing a pattern is that 2006 to seven, eight or so, there was like a brace of albums that like, boom, like Fleet Foxes, there was that debut, you know, still unsurpassed. I love Shore, but still really like formative and I'll just have vivid images and it's eternally re-listenable. Cradle of Filth overall, evergreen these themes the the lyrics the the sensibilities like for me quality permeates and transcends genre making whatever that's made with such quality such uh hard work and attention uh, there's something timeless about that that elevates it not in like some pretentious way but just like that's something that all walks of life and all perspectives can recognize you know it's like, oh, wow, this effort was applied to this. And I think that's art for me. Is um might be fucking controversial, but for me, art equals effort. Like a lot of people say, oh, art can be anything. It's like, no, you know, shitting on a fucking piece of paper and slapping it to a wall is not art for me. Art, the, the, the constant for me personally, and I don't think I'm too alone in that, is effort. It's sustained, applied, um, you know, and the thing is, like, oh, you'll hear, like, oh, you know, Led Zeppelin recorded their fucking first album in like an afternoon or some shit. It's like, well, they still fucking rehearsed. They still didn't have like Instagram to distract them and shit. They still fucking wore their fingers down, like doing takes and stuff or practicing and shit. It's like effort is is the the constant with art for me. And uh, uh, Jack White talks about how with all the comforts of the modern age especially like the digital age where everything's just a finger press away. He's like, I now, now I have to force those limits on myself because uh, that's what makes sense to me is uh, there's a rigor, you know, like childbirth, you know, there's something unnatural about producing something without effort and something also that just, it just doesn't matter. Um, nine months is the, you know, the child carried in the womb and then the person like there's something where that needs to be consciously honored. Now, back then it was, it was a matter of like the, like it, you just had to go through these, um, like with editing film, you had to like cut the film and everything. Like that's where a lot of these terms come from now. It's so, it's so simple, but you need to honor 
I think. Um, and it, it honestly, if you think about it, it makes it something where now that it's a it's a a, a choice you need to have have to take unto yourself. Um, it's not just about the restriction. Not to be all like, oh well, you know. I mean, everything's relative. Some people love the past. Some people are fine with the president. Sorry, see, like I've just shown my bias there. I do love the past a bunch. I'm, I'm a pretty self-confessed. I, I might have to start the nostalgia podcast, but no, I have the existence podcast for that. It's fine. Too, you can't do too many sub sub feeds. Um, but yeah, like yeah. So anyway, I think I, I love my tangents as well. But anyway, like um, quality is 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 effort and it is rigor and it is you know martin like the the drummer fuck me like and i said it in my in my comment it's like try and even just like if you're not a drummer just like try and keep a beat for like a couple minutes like a steady beat fuck that it's like we just and it takes so much fucking practice and the only thing i can claim to be even vaguely analog is um you know i i put a bunch of effort into my work uh my three spheres of the patterns i make and the storytelling i do and the media which is this, this yeah art storytelling and media is the sort of three-pronged thing at um albertkesser.com uh and um i love it like i just i can't yeah i think rocco from mega 64 says this is like i can't can't go through a day without creating something without applying effort to something there's just something like not that it, there's a, a resignation it's like life is about suffering i love relaxing I, it's the weekend right now but uh there's something that about it just forces you i guess it forces you in the present and it forces you to recognize your vessel is is that pain and cradle of filth's uh, lyrics i mean pain is almost at the heart of it really darkness certainly as well evil um not in an earnest way, not in a actual like church burning, real for real murdering thing. I think imagery of evil, uh, imagery of Satanism, are very much like um, ghost in a way. They're actually almost I would call them like sister bands, like Canberra Narita, like well, whatever country you're in, look up your cities like uh, sister bands. Um, sorry, sister cities. That's kind of the relationship they have there polar opposites and yet they have a kinship I'm, i'll have to look into maybe uh, between now and episode two which for the main feed this will be this is going to be 248 um I'll, I'll look into their kinship if they've ever done maybe even chatted or something but I, I sense them to be like they have a very um like-minded approach i think to balancing artistry with commercialism and always with what tips to you know, the authenticity and the artistry. Like, there's no artistic compromise for these fucking people. Like, what I love is that there are they are these pillars. I think, and uh, we'll see how um, the Instagram quote quote Instagram age uh, approaches um, allowing people to become like pillar bands. But I I see Cradle and Ghost as like, I think big business. I do a, a show for them as well. Is they almost feel like that, like the door had closed right before they entered that. Um, I think they encountered that wall of uh, sorry. It's like all the pillar bands have been made. Big business, though. I'm manifesting for them. It's why I've started their podcast. Is because I, they're fucking like Mastodon meets Pink Floyd meets fucking. Oh man, they're mass. They're fucking great. Again, the the shared thing with them. Um, uh, Cradle of Filth and Big Business, for example, there's always connections. I love even unintentional connections. I think it's just a worthwhile muscle to exercise. Is uh, Cradle of Filth process that weight and heaviness of existence in a in a in a in a niche? It is a, a genre, but it's um. I was just looking at fonts, for example, for for the the and podcast. Obviously, I just used the Cradle of Filth logo, but uh, there was like over two hundred. Uh, fonts that I, I made my way through is the gothic genre and cradle of filter a testament to that um it is expansive and um uh, obviously the themes eternity eternal life uh, violence um uh evil uh crypticness and um occultism i mean it's it's endless the that research into like the the research into darkness is endless as endless as darkness itself and um i once owned i'll have to find some way to 
gain a copy again because I really, really started my book collecting now. I've issued um, the stretching, sorry. Uh, yeah, issued my vinyl um, statues, anything that uh, is just the sort of thing to just sort of sit around, not really have that instantly accessible purposefulness. It's not a Spartan minimalistic thing. I just, it's just a preference. I think it's seen me well and been kinder to the wallet. <laughs> As like, and, and you enter this, folks. Like, I'm 32, 33 in November this year. So, call that daggy, but you know, fuck yeah, risk financial responsibility. Um, yeah. So, also to maybe some young Cradle of Filth folks uh, listening in, let me tell you right now, as daggy as this may sound, the fucking turmoil uh, and darkness and um, seeming inescapability of that era of time. You've probably heard all kinds of fucking permutations of this, and you've heard all permutations of what I just said, which is, I'm sure a lot of you roll your eyes at uh, older people trying to like relate to your circumstances, but get, step outside of age for a moment. Step like think about existence, which I this fucking record that fucking title is just fucking perfect. Um, step outside of that and think about what you know, it doesn't even matter. Like think about what's outside of humanity is like light and dark, right? Um, it, certainly darkness is what we come from, the womb and return to the tomb, you know? That's what Joseph Campbell mentioned. Mythology podcast, baby. Another sub feed. Um, is there, and there's, there is some, some connected subject matter there with the, uh, you know, with cradle like uh, the blood of the womb. You know, and uh, when you're th when you're talking about the the tomb, obviously also associated with blood, with death and stuff. So we live in this kind of um, we're framed by death, I'm framed by void and blood and darkness. So it's like the, it's the home we return to. However, it's not what we live in. What we live in is this state of light and uh, the warmth that comes from like actually, if you heat mapped everything, we would just be. Um, you know, yeah, organs. Anyway, I just got a comment. Uh, Ottoman Gaming, hello there. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I do these uh, for just like minimalism's sake. Uh, I think I've really refined my setup. I just record straight to YouTube, export the MP3, MP4 out, and uh, away we go. Um, if I feel like it, I'll just record maybe audio and then add some effects and stuff. But I'm, I'm just stalwartly waiting for... Um, uh, you know, with Chrome, like I'm sure they're going to be able to add, like I can just click somewhere and add someone, another YouTube channel they can, they can jump on. So like these are just tools that I see taking shape. So it's like fuck OBS, fuck all of that technical shit. Like life's too short to like stress myself out with that shit. So shout out to you, my friend. But um, I'll just continue uh, with the, yeah, just that riffing on, um, on Cradle and their themes. Uh, and there is this universality to, uh, what Cradle expresses. Uh, it's never just gothicness for gothic's sake. And we would fucking, oh man, I would be able to tell if he had like just gone into autopilot mode. Like, uh, and other people might cast that judgment of like, yeah, well, it's just the same record over and over. It's like, fuck no. Like, it, first of all, definitionally not. So shut up. Like, they haven't copy pasted the fucking record. It's different. Um, and Danny is, is a scholar, like, uh, the same way that we do. Uh, the Nile uh, podcast as well. Carl Sanders, Egyptologist, another endless field where you can just, there's endless, obviously there's a finite thing, but the endlessness comes from revisiting the texts over time. And uh, frankly, in terms of our lifetimes, is it may as well be endless because there's no physical way we could read every single fucking line of gothic literature nor is there a way we can leave, you know read every fucking line of um uh egyptology and uh, egyptian scriptures and stuff so these two kind of kindred scholars that way they throw themselves at this material and they find you know eternally relevant kind of like passages of that uh, that are endlessly applicable so i'll just go right cradle of filth godspeed on the devil's thunder dark lyrics which is this wonderful site, which brings up all the lyrics, which is fantastic. Motherfucker, here we go. We'll do a bit of lyric reading. So in grandeur and frankincense, devilment stirs. When light no longer rose to kiss me, I swore to tear heaven asunder. 
as flights of fallen angels wished me. Godspeed on the devil's thunder. Uh, the, I, I think, uh, again, the smoke blowing, it's like um, the romance and the grandeur. Um, right there, there's that word grandeur with Cradle of Hills lyrics, un, unsurpassed, like just from sheer exposure to the material and his authorship. Like this is all, like he's he may quote here and there, but Danny is, a, is an author. And compiled together, which this show will be really conducive to, is going through... If there was like a, a Yates podcast or a um, a Blake podcast, which that's also in, in the works um, for us, uh, you could just dive head fucking long, head fucking long into this stuff. And um, again, the mood that it produces. I mean, actually, a little anecdote while I do a bit of admin here. I, uh, you know, Ray and I, where it's Valentine's Day today, Happy Valentine's Day. And in 2012, in 2013, when we were first in our sort of, the courtship years must never end, folks, but in our actual literal first, like full courtship year, which was 2013, I would uh, call her and I would read um, or recite, you know, the moon she hangs like a cruel portrait, soft winds whisper the bidding of trees as this tragedy starts with a shattered glass heart. Um, oh. Lyrics, I need to get those right. But oh, no tears, please. Fear and pain may accompany death, but it is desire that shepherds its certainty, as we shall see. Like, it's straight up fucking prose. You know what I mean? It reads as such and, um, yeah, deserves to be held in the respect of such, you know? So, here we go. Um, I, as I mentioned, so yeah, okay, I'll just, I'll keep reading here because again, I'm, it's going to stir memories. So shout out of hell, eclipsing violent centuries, like a dark scar over France, enter the nascent Gilles de Rey, a warrior and a scholar. He fought for Joan of Arc before she met with martyrdom and flames. Far from fairy tale, a death's head on his sail, a light that would not fail beneath her spell. But the crucifix was veiled when his decadence prevailed. In a drench of red regaled, he was shat out of hell. Uh, fuck. Okay, let's go. I mean, I do t Tim Burton podcast as well. Um, immediately evokes the the horseman, you know, spurting forth from that tree. So um, at some point, eventually with Danny, Martin, Richard, and the others, um, it'll be rad to, to speak with them. Um, we'll probably cross pollinate a bit, but I'll, I'll ask him. I have some questions already for bands where it's like, is that maybe did that come to mind? These little questions that now, because of one thing I do enjoy the democratization of the internet for is that, uh, it gives access to just like, it just, I can message folks and, you know, nine times out of 10, they won't reply, but occasionally they will. Um, some of the interviews with, you know, Tommy L. Jenkins for Kojima, um, beautiful, the wonderful kindred, beautiful inner and outer, um, smart and just like and i want to say this about daniel basuti who is a vampire by the way we've said this before we've discussed it her and i um very much on the same page as ray uh, i think it's probably about like 10 episodes ago um uh that's also who danny strikes me as like he, he enters these dark spaces but the fucking guy is like he's a worldly dude uh it's how you keep a steady head on your shoulders and how, it's how you stay well-rounded and grounded um and obviously earlier on we're all super edgy i mean look at my tattoos like the earlier stuff it was spikier and uh, more aggressive and the guy he, he may have mellowed out off stage but on stage he's fucking it's like he just keeps getting what the fuck like again this vampire defying time and just but one thing i sense just like with conan also do a show for the series as in like uh you know um robert e howard but the band specifically, they did existential void guardian. Well, I'll discuss the band on that show as well down the line. Um, I love the idea of uh, existentialism, like, like, like being the main thing. Um, Cryptoriana, um, uh, you know, uh, the manticore, like the, these records, like they, they're in that sort of realm, but then I like the idea of stepping behind it and analyzing all of it and, making a record from that kind of darkly existential place. That's going to be fucking rad. But um, so yeah, all that good stuff. 
Oh, that was a bit of a, a tangent tangle, but uh, yeah, I suppose to to kind of work our way to sort of thread our way back is um, I do enjoy that that's something the internet has permitted because um, I think it's additive ultimately. And uh, as much as the internet is taken away, sadly, in terms of like direct profits to the band and stuff, exposure is really easy because of, well, well you know, sometimes algorithms can fuck it up, but shareability certainly much easier than back in the day and um that is rad i love that a lot of people discovering cradle of filth uh and it was a dark fucking year last year so darkness draws darkness and i think a lot of people have entered the cradle of filth sphere for the first time if you have looking forward to this chronicle which is just this byproduct of my relationship engagement kinship with cradle of filth like you can follow along and we'll we might do a chronological thing where we go through each record um you know, you know, like maybe just lyrically, like dark lyrics, just go boom, album one to album latest. But uh, we might jump around here and there. Again, this is just the, the first episode. So we're just sort of introductorily jumping around a bit. Um, Shout out of hell, frozen in iniquity, a passion for awe in an age of grief. His wealth and power led him on to the tainted gates of Babylon, born beneath the howling stars in a shower of golden lice. A wolf cub with the world between his saber teeth, torn between extremes of faith, the pious and the priests. He fed the devil children like he threw his mastiff's meat. This shit here is fucking 2020. You know, the idea of like throwing, like, I mean, look the fucking, and we'll, we will fearlessly like trump that shit. Fuck that. Fuck that tyrant bigot treating his people like shit. Uh, and yeah, if you're pro Trump, fuck off <laughs> straight up <laughs> no space for you here and also if you're that person is like well you know it's all like an illusion and they're all the same and it's like well fuck great all right whatever say it's an illusion doesn't matter for me you, you can't just sit it all out on some you know philosophical high ground step in even if it's a fucking performance like support the performer or the pretender or whatever whose actions for whatever fucking insidious whatever reason like the byproduct has to be good for the average citizen like call me a socialist but that's that fucking matters like you don't want to fucking like life is short you want it to be as as comfortable you know or at least just as positive as possible so this fucking guy ancestor of the trumps and shit ancestor of by the way that QAnon shit it's it's an adage i have that often what we find other people accusing the other the most aggressively often is a sign that they themselves are that so my theory is all this shit about uh, the blood drinking cults and stuff that the dems accuse the republicans of guess the fuck what it's the other way around and they're just trying to push that away you know uh, push the uh inquiring minds which now the investigations they won't stop and we might find some shit and he just strikes me look at him that's another thing you need to intuit don't just like get lost in words. It's like intuitively that fucking man is is degenerate. Like you can just see. Um, and uh, I love this kind of analysis. Maybe down the line, some band, some progressive band or whatever might do a big kind of dive into like Trump's dark psyche and, you know, this concept record about his fucking darkness, you know, that whole shit. So, yeah. So he uh, he really uh, attained this uh, sense that he was above it all. You know, I just did True Detective recently, uh, an episode, and that thing of time's a flat circle, and I can keep these children, spoilers, in like a van, and they can be emaciated and fucking all that awful stuff with like, yeah, man, some of that dark shit that like criminals, they just sort of, I, I dipped into the Night Stalker a bit here, uh, and obviously the, the serial killer mind is this, uh, I think it's a false, it's a, a fallacy of the unbound. So they say, well, you know, the night stalker, he was like, I was just channeling mankind's inherent darkness. It's like, again, remember darkness before and after. During though, access darkness for art, dive into it philosophically, uh, all that, those other realms, but in the practical sense, you're not a creature of darkness. You will return. It's like, believe me, there's going to be enough darkness after that. So fill your, like, honor the vessel. The vessel is leans towards light. It's why our wounds heal. And if you want to get a bit hippy-dippy, even on this show, I won't spare you. 
is that there's a documentary called The Esoteric Agenda. They pulled up the parabola of the, you know, the DNA strand, that how packed it is. They, they actually measured it and then they looked at a human being experiencing joy uh, compared to one experiencing fear. So the fear electromagnetic signal is this very languid, long, drawn out thing. And then the, the joy signal is this packed, tightly packed together. Um, kind of wave and so if you match that they overlaid it over the the parabola of the dna strand and they matched at like 90 points so whatever it's a, again it's called the esoteric agenda but doesn't matter about what's in it it's that i mean when i say that it's and you've seen the strands like you know what i'm talking about that uh that is enough to know folks and this is important like oh well Albert, you're talking about you know, dive into the record, and we will. Oh my God, there fucking will be. Just like the quantum myth, this shit's lifelong. I'll see you guys on fucking episode three thousand. I'm fucking serious when I'm like eighty or some shit. But so we have we have time, so I make time. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a cautionary tale, Gilles de Ray, and that's what I'm also t touching on here. With um, uh, it's like yeah, oh my God, it's fucking fascinating. It's it's so great in the realm of art, never to bring into the realm of the real world. And I think you cannot, and it's not even like a, th a forbidden threshold to cross and like Marilyn Manson is facing this too. It's like, um, guess what, Alice Cooper, at least so far, some of the dark artists, they are able to access that without being in it. And I think it always has that opposite thing. Anytime I see a serial killer who's like, I've ascended, I, I, I just see it as pathetic. I never... Uh, you know, uh, venerate, revere. I, I I pity a lot of the time, and I pity Gilles de Ray to a point. But I also I find him completely fucking deplorable. Um, there is an angle in the in the record of of looking at it sympathetically, looking at the figure as in Gilles himself sympathetically here and there. But uh, we are our actions and um, trend towards light, folks. It's just it's fine. Like it doesn't make you any less of a. I'm fuck man. Like it just hits me every single minute of my of my life is is it's i mean look at me <laughs> i call this my temple of grief is the the furrows and the the roof that i like that it's it's not even like oh look how again i think i mentioned this at the top of the show i'm not like proud of it i don't like wear it as a badge but it just fuck it just hits me like i'm sorry but like there's a lot to to grieve about and to feel mournful about moment to moment but you find avenues to express it uh you own it and you that's why I do Dune podcasts as well, and uh, Ray and I agree. The litany against fear. There's just one thing. It's like it says, "I must not fear." It's like I, the first line, like, "No, no, no." Let just let, let it. Like, never put something as like, "I must not." Um, you can just let it in, and I love the latter lines, which is like, "Let it move through you and stuff, and like watch its path and stuff." But fear is uh, it's so important. Um, it's like it's where lessons lie. So. You need to let it in. So that whole thing of I must not fear. I, I must maybe I must not, you know, experience fear without letting it in. You know, it might not be as like lyrical and like, you know, blah, whatever that that sense that uh, when you're writing something to have it have that impact. It might, you know, imagine the litany of fear with an asterisk is like whatever. It's it's fine. It gets its point across. But that's why I let fear in, man. It's why I let darkness in. It's uh that whole thing with uh, like Lucifer, like Lightbringer, like he. It's uh it's so interesting that he is this figure of darkness, and yet his his name means light. So, and that I take to mean that within the like pit of darkness, like the the heart of darkness is light, and you are that light inside this. Again, we're framed in that sort of bookcase of from darkness to darkness. In the middle, there's light. So, that's one thing that I. That's my personal relationship with satanism and that whole notion i'm not an any an anyist i'm not an ist of any kind uh, uh yeah and that's that's what uh, has always connected with me and revisiting these lyrics is like you know they're screamed by danny um almost unintelligible and decipherable so that's why again merits close and renewed over the years just rereading like like beautiful poetry as well people read certain poetry books over time and sort of divine meetings from them and uh especially when again the constant for me with art is effort and uh they were certainly made i can just 
yeah, you can envision. Maybe down the line, speaking with Danny, I'll be like, ask him about the headspace and what he wrote in and where he was writing. And that is always nice imagery to think about of, um, you know, how someone made their art. So, but anyway, let's continue this one and then maybe wrap things up because we're coming up to the hour. So, far from fairy tale, the coffin and the nail, descending to the pale under the spell of alchemists who failed to clench the menstrual grail in a drench of red regaled, he was shut out of hell. Grown so morbid without war, the wine-corrupted nightmares spored. His lord's betrayal played no more, he beat upon the devil's door. Uh, apathy, listlessness, ennui, those can be dangerous. They can really be, uh, you know, we're not all shield erasers in, in the way that we approach it, but let's just say he's an extreme you know, elemental of it. But um, we dip into darkness uh, if we don't give ourselves purpose. And uh, I just watched Kong Skull Island. I'm going to record uh, some MonsterVerse stuff soon. And uh, uh, Samuel Beckett's character, Packard, he just he's he has a visual array, self-destructive quality. He just can't handle that the war is over, you know? And as soon as he gets called up, he's, he's, he, it's, it's where he's in his element. And Gilles de Reyes, like I can imagine, you know, this is again a parable and comparable to like veterans, you know, who um, I myself am a veteran, but again, I, I again I segue pretty happily out of it. I never fully deployed or anything. We were on the verge of it uh, in 2007 to East Timor. I think we were doing some prep, so my accident happened on the firing range in Sydney, so I didn't actually deploy. But I got enough of a sense of the place where it's like that's it's just people are militaristic lifers and. They need, and I, I, I caution all listeners, bears endlessly repeating throughout life is do not hinge your sense of purpose to something external, uh, to an external ritual or a, a lifestyle or something. It's like you, you can only find that permanent solace within yourself. Like, um, and he, he tied his worth and his sense of self to, to war and to violence and stuff, and he stewed in it, and this was the result. So... Demanding pleasures to replace Joan of Arc, her epic grace, had set aflame his wolf heart with her truth, and when she died, his life of pride was lost to God, and in his crimes he turned to raising Satan with the proof. It's tragic. Like there's, there's a, there's, It's framed with tragedy, definitely. And you feel for him a bit, but then, you know, inexcusable what he does later. Inexcusable. This fucking thing, I, I, I posted it to the A24 forum, and I will be doing similar. I also want to be one of the, I don't know, motivational, signal-boosting voices behind. Get ready. Look at me. Albums are fucking perfect for adaptation as films and games. It's and like, oh, wow, he's getting so serious. I am. I fucking I straight up am. Uh, them by King Diamond. I do a I do a King Diamond sub podcast. Them is just structured perfectly as a film. Godspeed, perfectly as a fucking film. They could just call it straight up Godspeed on the Devil's Thunder. A twenty four. This shit like it's. I don't know if no. I think it would have hit me. I'm pretty plugged into the entertainment art sphere. It hasn't been done yet. I don't know if I have to eventually jump out of podcasting to fucking make it happen, to like learn some directing and jump in and be like, this is how to do it. I mean, I'll do it to whatever ability I can, but if, I, if I'm if i not seeing it within a few years, fuck it, I'll roll up my sleeves. Like this is, you know, Robert Edgar, think of The Witch. Robert Eggers directing Godspeed of the Devil's Thunder, Ari Aster directing Them by King Diamond, and then uh, Sirisa or... Another name could be um, the clergy, you know. Um, uh, this film that I have, I think I posted about it. Um, I deleted my Reddit account uh, as like a big kind of social media refresh, claiming back that whole sense of like "fuck you" and and like now I've I think I've achieved peace with it. It's all social media and stuff. It just funnels to like albuquerque.com slash art slash store quantum myth. Um, is uh yeah so i i i i it's this idea that i have um and the reason why i'm i'm like pausing to, to bring it up is is man man have i envisioned it you know uh 
it's like a rock opera type thing. Take Amadeus, and Amadeus is huge for these guys too. The operaticness. Take note, Ghost and Cradle of Filth, sibling bands in many ways. Take a bit of Amadeus. Um, uh, definitely take a lot of Midsommar, and th there you go. It's just go go nuts. Like that's a a story uh, which we'll go into on the Ghost podcast. Um, we'll break down the plot, and I'll, I'll write something up or whatever if if I want to reference it or something. Um, that whole thing just writes itself. Um, it would be like this fourth wall breaking thing. You could do something Cradle of Filth, fourth wall breaking too, um, with discovering uh, you know, some of the culture behind it. I think they're great for direct adaptation, but with Ghost, there's a meta quality where it's like the protagonist would like discover that the clergy is real and stuff. Um, I think you could call it, ready? Here it is, The Order of the Dragon. If you were going to do a Cradle of Filth, you could adapt bands, but you can also adapt records. And it's just this giant un untapped field. So watch that fucking space, people, for sure. Um, I had a Primus day yesterday, uh, off topic, just super briefly. Primus, like uh, south of the south of the gas pump or something like this is novel perfect for adaptation so it's inexplicably untapped so want to want to see more and we'll manifest more for that soon nightly and unsightly offerings were made on a vulgar altar and slowly but surely the darkness answered like a falling star far from fairy tale insanity exhaled a full-blown winter gale under its spell innocence assailed were entered and impaled in a drench of red regaled, he was shut out of hell. Perverse, seductive, cruel as sin, an egotist, he mourned, both war and glory, schooled to win whatever bored imagination spawned. Huge. Huge for this era, folks. Boredom, a silent killer. Talk about fear. Fear might be the mind killer, but boredom is the silent killer, you know? of life and uh, ambition and love and connection and everything beautiful. Uh, you have no excuse ever to be bored. Um, uh, I think you can get numb sometimes. There's certainly an information overload happening out there, which would, yeah, um, I think it would, uh, you have to train yourself. You have to, again, be your own best friend in this world. Like find out the things like say life was like this rickety thing. It's like, what can you rely on endlessly? That is just not conditional on anything. It's yourself. Um, and, uh, we, we read these stories of people giving up themselves to darker powers, to darker urges and impulses. Um, but those stories, like like fairy tales, this uh, case frightening fairy tales. We do Del Toro. We'll dive into some of that. Monsters um, like Gilles de Ray act as such a contrast to that they kind of force us back into our own selves because they they act as such an external thing. They force a mirror to us. We see ourselves in that mirror, and it just wakes us and shocks us. Um, and uh, that's another timeless thing is, is that idea of the cautionary tale, which, you know, um, maybe on the next one we'll dive into the rest of the lyrics. But, um, you know, as I said, this is just the kind of the first go of it. Um, but I think this has been great. Uh, we've just crossed the hour. I want to thank all of you for tuning in, whoever tuned in, who's tuning in now or later. Um, a beautiful, beautiful uh three times beautiful over ongoing over to, to dive into with cradle of filth. Um, as I mentioned, uh, I'm stoked to see them live again. Um, as I will be to see like uh, Mastodon, I got to see them again. Mars Volta manifesting for them. We do a show for them too. Um, but fucking cradle, man. First of all, also, I want to say it's, uh, you know, you, you hear these lyrics, uh, you may, you may even write, read them. Um, as you're going along and certainly obviously you hear them uh, as again with Danny love, love the method still, I think the most unique singer in extreme records, extreme metal. Like it's just, he's he hit his throat with some, I don't know what he summoned to happen to his throat. Something that he can like click and access. It's just this shrieking hell, hell shrieker. And it's just thus far unsurpassed. Don't think it will be surpassed. In, in that idiosyncratic, but like just, it just, again, it does what extreme metal does, which is just 
instantly transports you because it's just so otherworldly and unearthly. Um, and yet he's a, he's a grounded dude on the side as well. And that's kind of a, maybe the sense hopefully that you've gotten is like with my art, you can see it's a lot of, you know, even with quantum, it, it gets into some heavy territory with like existence. And um, my patterns are this depiction of the, the ever shaping, which is this uh, invisible field along which all of creation whatever field like music even sentences like any form of creativity at all it's all coursing along these um invisible ley lines which is that's what my stuff is in this undulating kind of patternscapes so that and just like with danny and cradle of filth um there's a heaviness and an intensity to it but if maybe to come out of this one maybe going into the weekend to like have like a weekend thought to think about or whenever you're listening to this on like cozy fireplace with rain outside or like uh riding on your bike or doing laundry or whatever access that in the entertainment and art sphere return to warmth and goodness and that might sound fucking corny as fuck for like a cradle of filth podcast that's just how i've uh, i just think that that's the way to f most fully metabolize everything that something has to offer is not just to be a, a fanboy of it not to ever be a fanboy really it's like i just I, I honestly only ever really approach my entertainment and art stuff as you know uh, like as an adherent uh, as like an enthusiast definitely but uh it's more like how this feeds into you know my life and and feeds into the human experience and stuff and that's just always the first layer i appreciate things you know um and fuck is there a lot to dive into that's a lot of what if you're seeing kind of the non-verbals of my body language is like i just cannot fucking wait over the years to, to dive into some of this stuff so existence is futile uh this year every year it is every moment it is no but i'm looking forward to that record too and uh welcome to this uh ongoing chronicle of cradle of filth musings analysis kind of stuff as no schedule it's just and um fuck take it easy <laughs> uh, may darkness guide you in the best way it can and return to light and know that you are light through the darkness okay so until next time folks bye for now <laughs>